Cinda Williams here, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 42 of the PPC Podcast. Lately, I've had to stand up for myself. I've not always had the motivation to, but life has taught me that it's best to speak up. And on that note, let's get on with it. When I was a very young child, I was very much a Taurus. What I mean by that is I didn't take a lot of stuff. But a lot of that angst got doused when I was about five years old. The sexual abuse that I experienced at the hands of my babysitter's children shut me up and down. And it would take a lot to make me lose my cool. I was on simmer most of the time, but I'd go full blast fire if someone spoke harshly of someone I loved, primarily my mom and later my daughter. Or if a person touched me inappropriately, I'd go crazy. I will fight like a wild animal. But as time progressed, I shut down the violence and stopped showing my feelings. And unfortunately, that caused a lot of depression and sickness in me. But as I matured, I got help and I finally found my voice. This week, I have a beautiful woman, digital artist, illustrator, and community organizer who knows all about it. And I'll let her tell you her story. Everybody, introducing Latasha Hyatt. Latasha Hyatt, welcome to the PPC Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yes. You know, you and I only recently just kind of met voice to voice, face to face, kind of. Uh, but but I've been um, acquainted with you for a few years. You, way back in the earlier days of the PP or the Pink Candy Confessions, you did my logo for me. Uh, you did some graphic stuff, some graphic tees for me. And, and you did a wonderful job. So it's really nice to get uh, this beautiful face with, um, with the voice and the work. Um, so thank you so much. And you also had me on your platform, which we'll talk yes. a little bit about. But since this is kind of like a self-help, uh, let's get into the individual. Let's start there. So where are you from? Tell us about your childhood. Okay. So I am originally from Indiana. I reside in Alabama right now. I've been here for eight years. Muncie, Indiana where, was where I was raised. Anderson was where I was born. So I moved to Muncie when I was three years old, but ultimately I'm born and raised in Indiana. Um, my childhood was kind of a weird, it was weird. It was weird. I always, I often go back to my childhood a lot to kind of as reference points of like what I'm going through as an adult. 
Because it's like, well, okay, you know, because we go through like cycles in life. So my childhood was, I graduated from Muncie Central, I went to Washington Carver Elementary School, Northside Middle School. I lived in uh, uh, Anderson um, when my parents got divorced for a little spell. So it was like two years of going to school in Anderson. Um, but I was a loner. I, I was always drawing always like I look back to what I do now and what I love and that was kind of my therapy my therapy growing up so I would just like lock myself in my room and just draw 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 and so um um bullying was a huge factor in that as well I think that's like with every kid you get bullied not every kid there are some popular kids who I think just never get bullied <laughs> or maybe they do but I, that was kind of my lot in life in school. So I was very withdrawn as a kid. And so as I got older, got into, you know, more of a college uh, college age, I began to kind of, you know, my best friends now are the ones that kind of was riding by my house every day. Like, can you come out? And I was like, no, I don't want to come out. I don't want to come out. I don't want to come. Then they kind of grew on me and then they kind of pulled me out of my shell. So um, my childhood was a, I think it was special because I grew up in Whiteley which I always make the joke that, you know, it was a predominantly black community, but it was called Whiteley. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm like, I grew up in this uh, predominantly black community that was really quiet. Um, I think Muncie was a really safe place for me to be. And I'm thankful uh, to be from there. Um, Cause it was just, it, it was good. I feel like looking back, it was good to me. So just as far as the stability that it gave me, and the normal, the normalcy, and it wasn't a lot of simulation. Um, I have two, I have three sisters. Uh, one came later in life when I was 26, so she's like 16 now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I have two younger, younger sisters, and I'm the oldest. And a mom and a dad, they're they're still living. And my mom is in Alabama, my dad's in Muncie. And uh, so my childhood was a. Um, I was always goofy. I was giddy. I was taller. I was a little weird. Um, and I think I'm still that way, but I'm more accepting of it now. How about that? <laughs> they just yeah. got better. I think it's interesting that, you know, you if you give yourself the time, and I wish I could say this to so many kids that are going through, you know, issues, especially starting in middle school and high school, how bad it seems but eventually you will fit those pants that you wear. You know what I'm saying? That they don't fit quite right when you're in, when you're like just transitioning, but eventually they will fit and they will fit you well. And, um, and I, I just, um, so why were you bullied? What was it about you? I, th- that- I think I, it, it was because I, I, I look back and I do ask myself that question a lot because in my healing journey, you know, my self-work and shadow work or whatever you want to call it, I'm like, okay, I have to go back to these places and figure out why. I think it, it was because I was not a fighter, right? I wasn't a fighter. And because of my size and my stature, I think people just assumed that I was going to walk in and like, tear the place down and so um when i was bullied i was very sensitive i was just so i was just so sensitive and i just couldn't because it was like no reason except for the fact that i didn't have the clothes i didn't have the money i didn't those those would be the reasons or i didn't have the look or i wasn't in the in crowd you know the typical reasons that like kids are bullied right Mm -hmm. and for me it was like I just want to be everybody's friend. I needed some friends of my own, you know, going to school. I think for kids today, school is like a war zone, really. Mm-hmm. 
and school causes a lot of trauma for kids that and 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 they have to end and they have to kind of deal with that in their adult life <laughs> what happened to them in school how people really perceive them in school because if you you take you internalize that then you go on through life thinking that everybody perceives you that way that becomes your like stamp and so i had to really work past that but i think i was just bullied because i i did not fight back which now now it's like i have a lot of like try me energy <laughs> because i didn't use it back then like it's like oh i got all this pent up stuff so i can work through that but i just didn't fight back and so i, I remember people being like as big as you are you can't just slap that girl or as big as you are or as tall as you are because i'm like 5'11 you know so is you know and broad shouldered you know just very a, a larger lady so it was like it was offensive too like as big as you are and it's like that's not in me it's not in me that's not who i am like that and and so i feel for a lot of kids who, who grow up in environments and they have to kind of go into survival mode and become something they're not just in order to just get through because that was what people were requiring of me but i i couldn't do it so i would just lock my room and lock myself in my room and draw <laughs> so let me ask you this right uh, two questions one is so did people constantly say how come you don't play basketball yes i just thought about that the other day and i have some like thing against it because <laughs> because and, and i have a story right mm -hmm. so <laughs> so i did get on the basketball team by default so people were like oh why don't you do basketball so i was like let me just go try out i'm not gonna make it because i suck i know i suck right i'm in ninth grade i know i suck right so i made it and i was kind of upset right and so <laughs> So my dad and my uncles, so I get all these these shoes and, you know, you have to buy shoes and a jersey and all that stuff. And, you know, my dad and my uncle was like proud, they were happy. And I was just like, this is awful. I felt like it was just awful to run. Like, you know, I just was not an athletic person. And so I quit to be in drama. And boy, oh boy. <laughs> it was like all that height is going to waste. And I was like, just because I'm tall, doesn't mean, it, it was all these stereotypes placed on me. And I was walking around in big clunky basketball shoes, trying to be like the jock, the jock girls. And I was, you know, and it was just not who I was. So yes, people constantly ask me, why, did I, why didn't I play basketball? And I would just say, cause I suck. That's just not me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even watch basketball now. <laughs> it's like, it's not, I'm not interested in that at all. Um, so then the other question would be then, obviously you, your home was a safe place for you because you're, though your father really liked the idea of the athlete, the possible athlete, they allowed you to stay in your room and create. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my parents, my parents were really kind of like laid back in a sense. So it was like, we, me and my sisters kind of developed um, I look back at those things and I'm like, okay, those were my coping mechanisms, right? So drawing was like, it, and, and then looking back, it runs in my family, right? On my mom's side, heavy. My grandma used to draw these minimalist characters and they would be so, it would be like five lines, but it would be a whole face. Wow. And I'd be like, how'd you do that, grandma? My, my, my cousin's an artist, my uncle's an artist, you know, it's like, well, that was in me too. So it, uh, I think overall, um, yeah, they allowed me to just develop in the ways that I wanted to. They didn't force anything on me. He was just really excited to have a, a daughter who played sports, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was like, psych. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, I, I, I find that, you know, fathers that have daughters as opposed to son, a lot of pressure gets put on them. I know in my family, I was very athletic, but pretended not to be because oh. I really did not want the pressure that I knew would come with that because I watched my father with my brothers and I was like, no way, uh-uh, no, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer and an actress, I'm not a, a, a basketball or any of those things, though I have right. the ability to be. But then my and then I watched my little sisters. There's a bunch of us, my youngest sisters. Oh my gosh, the pressure that they both were under once they said yes to sports. And both of them honestly extremely creative people. Very much like you, like you're saying. And and you know, everything happens for a reason and you grow the way you're supposed to grow. But it really makes me wonder what might have happened if my dad had been like, Yeah, Megan, go on and do do that art and just just write and do your music and whatever instead of pushing her for so many years and something that actually just ended up destroying her body. She's she's had so many surgeries, but but anyway, but I'm glad that they they allowed you to be you ultimately um, and, and let up off that pressure. That's a beautiful thing. So you you move forward in life. Obviously, you're an artist um, and you end up doing graphic design, digital, digital work and all that kind of. So how did you transition from um, uh, on paper to digital? So I went to the Art Institute in Indianapolis. Okay. And I, so I rolled myself into the Art Institute. I was working full time. I moved out when I was 18. And I was like, I'm, you know, so I was out um, a considerable amount of time before I went to the Art Institute. But in my early 20s, I was like, I'm going to enroll. And so I was going back and forth to Indianapolis, going to the Art Institute. And that is when I was like, graphic design is it. That's it for me. So I embraced it. And I had a really good friend, um, Max, who was a graphic designer. And, you know, back in the day, Photoshop was on disk. Now you got to like pay a subscription, but it was on a disk. And so he gave me this disk and I literally learned and ate it and ate it and ate it and taught myself. I was on that computer every day, just obsessed with it because I was just in awe that you could do all this stuff on the computer. And so that was when I, I got into graphic design and then screen printing kind of followed. It was like I had this obsession with T-shirts because there were no cute T-shirts for like bigger girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had to go to like the, the men's section in Target to get like a, a cool like t-shirt with a saying or something, you know. So um, I got into t-shirts, walked into a screen printing shop in Muncie and was like, do you need some help? And he was like, actually, yeah. And I was there for three years. Wow. <laughs> and I just learned and, and did all the dirty work and, and also made money for myself on the side, um, just helping him. And then he wouldn't charge me to do my work because it was in sweat equity. And so I would make money that way and doing business for others so that's how I got in, into that life yeah and I can say you're amazing at it uh, from personal experience thank you um, <laughs> yeah so you're also uh you also are very active in the community uh, you're a community organizer you do um a lot of nonprofit work so what are you doing now so I am the program community program director at the Carver Museum so can you repeat uh, that? The what? Community Program Director at okay. the Carver Museum in Dothan, Alabama. It's an interpretive museum. So it's a little different um, in terms of what we talk about because I, I think it, we're in a benefit because we can talk about a broad range of issues. We don't have to just stick to art, um, history, uh, and it's really just to educate uh, the Dothan area on African-American history that can come in. And George Washington Carver is the main event, of course, which I love him. 
Um, when I moved to Alabama, I really got into gardening and was the program director at a community garden for like six years off and on. And so I became a master gardener and learned how to start plants, start seedlings and did some hydroponics and did some, uh, and so I, that's another part of my heart, you know, <laughs> as a creative, you have all these little pieces of you that you, you like to do. So, um, but the cool part about my community work is that I didn't embrace it until I, uh, got a glimpse of the life of my biological grandmother, because it was, I went on this back home in Anderson. We grew up in Anderson, but my biological father, see my stepdad raised me. So that's my dad, right? But my biological father, um, was just an Anderson. And so I never like knew that side of the family. And so growing up, um, I just had a hard time accepting, I just had a hard time accepting like where life was taking me, like how I looked, like why was I so tall? Why was, it just was like, what is this, you know? And so I go back on a, in November around this time and visit my dad and, and I see my grandma and hear about all the work that she did in the community. Like she started the first, the uh, not the first food bank, but she started a food bank in Anderson that's still operating. Um, she was well known, has a street named after her well-known in the community and I and I and it came to me in a dream to, to go on that journey like I saw her in a dream and then I was just obsessed with her and in in in, in out of that experience came like me accepting myself because I look like her I probably act like her I've never really met I don't remember interacting with her um but I feel her like it's weird I feel how I never met her but I feel like I do know her I'm a part of her um, there's so many cousins and I'm the one who looks the most <laughs> like her. And so when I got to learn about her life, I was like, oh, this mantle or has been placed for my ancestors. This is like part of who I am. This is not me just getting these nonprofit jobs and being in the community. I'm good at what I do. And it's because it was passed down to me. And so that was like the first part of me accepting my community side, because all I want to do is be an artist. Right. But I was always working with teenagers, always working with kids, always working in the community. And it was because of her and, and my biological family side that that was laid upon me. So that I thought that was really cool once that came around full circle. So coming from a point of view of an, an emotional feeling. So you, you found yourself through your ancestry, specifically your grandmother, and you were able to accept yourself. So. Give me a a night, say, where you were where you were lying in bed thinking, what was your emotional journey that you remember that click when you got it um, and you accepted yourself? I saw a picture of her actually, and she was like on the runway, like she had some fashion. Like I love fa I love all of these things, right? And so I saw a picture of her because I had a really awesome cousin Yolanda who took the he, she kind of brought me in to the fold and was really just you know. It, of, of that side of the family and so um <clears throat> i saw a picture of her and she just had i have a thing with my shoulders i don't like that they're so broad mm -hmm. <laughs> and i saw her with these broad shoulders and shoulder pads back in the day she mm -hmm. <laughs> shoulder pads and broad shoulders i'm like that's where i get it from and it clicked that that's where i get everything from or a large part of myself from and that this is how it works you know like who we are, like, I think a lot of us would do better uh, and accept ourselves more if we look at our family. Like, it's so, I, that was when I realized it is so important to know where you come from, right? It is so important to know 
your lineage because those pieces of those that pieces of that is, is is within you. And if you can see it in somebody else in your family, you can say, oh, that's why I'm the way I am, and I'm gonna roll with it as opposed to fighting it, which is what I was doing. So. I saw a picture of her and she was standing and she was bold and she was fiery. I heard, and I, that is coming out of me now. It was like, when I heard she was bold and fiery, I had a bold and fiery part of me, but it gave me permission to be that part and be that and be aggressive in areas where I needed to be aggressive. So. So I was going to ask you that this as a, as a final question that, that uh, I loved what you said that try me energy. Mm -hmm. So when have you, found yourself having to use that most in your life um now now um, but it's a lot of the weird thing of it is is that you go through life thinking that things are going to just come like head on you're just going to be able to fight it and you're going to see it but it is a lot of passive aggression right mm -hmm. and if you if you are any i'm a person that i love to like energy the energy in the room the energy of people that is what i go off of like you cannot ignore the energy because sometimes people will be smiling in your face and do not mean you well <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and i had to really you know we hear that and we're like oh okay yeah whatever we'll know and you won't know and so that was a really big eye-opener so that try me energy is i never get tried though because i read the energy i'm like okay or i'll have a dream that's just the reality of it like we have we're spiritual people and sometimes if i don't if i'm not uh, cognizant of what's going around, on around me, I feel like God will give me or Spirit will show me a dream of who's in front of me, who am I dealing with, what energy am I dealing with, and then I'll know move by the way. And that happens to me a lot because I like to go through life. Um, I want to say rose-colored glasses. I'm an optimist, and I want to be in front of you, being my true, authentic self. And sometimes people don't like people don't really know how to deal with that, and so they feel like they can use you. So that try me energy is the other side of me. When something does confront me, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm a debater. I'll chop you up. Like, it's like, it's mm -hmm. not, I'm not a, I'm not a violent person. I just don't believe that um, that's ever the way to go. But as far as telling the truth, I think truth is a powerful weapon, especially when you're defending yourself, even if it's just how you feel, right? So they can say how they feel, but that truth is like, hey, I felt like you were trying to use me. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Is that it? Are we right? And it really puts people <laughs> in a bind, right? Mm -hmm. It really kind of shakes them up a bit. So the try me energy is like, I see there's a lot of microaggressions, passive aggression. People are not um, user and it, it, it was just weird. It's weird. And so the work that I do, I have to deal with a lot of people and I have to be nice and open because that's how I like to be. I like to be giving and I don't think anybody's going to change that. So because of that, I have to, I heighten my spiritual senses to know who I'm dealing with. So I don't have to hurt your feelings, but I can move on out of the way. But if I have to hurt your feelings, know that you earned it. Mm -hmm. like <laughs> know that, that you earned it. <laughs> so that's the try me energy. All right. And on that note, um, I'm, I'm excited that you're doing all the things that you're doing and you're, you're helping people and you're teaching and you're also being creative. Uh, can Thank I you. have the name of your museum one more time? Um, it is the George Washington Carver Interpretive Museum in Dothan, Alabama. Interpretive. And we have, I have an art show coming up November 4th. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's called Food Justice. It's called the Food Justice Issues. And so we'll be talking about food deserts, which I'll be doing a lot of my art pieces are around food desert, uh, a grocery store redlining, um, having um, access to 
Uh, we just don't have enough of that conversation. So that is what's coming up. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Latasha, for, for coming I on. I appreciate and, the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really look forward to seeing you again on November 2nd on yes. uh, the, the PPC radio show with Shelly mm-hmm. Shelby, DJ Kid Disco and I. That's on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. You know what? I'm a pretty easygoing person. I like peace. And I just don't go around expecting mistreatment. As a matter of fact, I consider myself an optimist. I see the best in people, even when they're having a difficult day or moment or year or life. But I will only take so much disrespect before I walk away. I don't get into arguments anymore or or have a violent reaction to things. Those days are over. But don't get it twisted. I will not give away my energy to someone who doesn't accept it or want it or respect it. I will without hesitation walk my tail out of their life. And that is my try me energy. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. Thank you to Latasha Hyatt for joining me to tell her wonderful story of growth. To hear more from her, tune in Wednesday, November 2nd from 2 to 3 Eastern on the PPC radio show on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, Facebook and YouTube Live. Thank you, DJ Kid Disco, for always producing and making most wonderful beats. God bless you all. Until next time. That's a wrap. Rap, 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 This is Cinda, and I want to tell you about the PPC radio show. Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern, DJ Kid Disco, Shelly Shell Williams, and I sit down and talk with wonderful guests from all over the world. We talk about how to survive healing your heart and everything in between. So go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com to listen in, or you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube. That's the PPC radio show from 2 to 3 Eastern. See you there.